this is going to come out amazing or it's going to come out so jumbled because I've been saying the same thing so many times. We'll um, see how it goes. <laughs> let me put it this way. It better be good. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Solar View podcast. I'm Tom Miller, editor of Solar View magazine and the marketing director here at Baywa RE Solar Systems. And today we're talking about solar financing. And we're joined today by Rachel Shapira, the Director of Residential Finance here at Baywa. Welcome to the podcast today, Rachel. How is it going? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Tom. So, you know, I wanted to touch base with you because you have a, a new solar financing program that we're going to be talking about a bit. But I also wanted to talk about um, a few of the common questions that solar contractors have around things like dealer fees. Uh, and we'll also talk a bit about what to look for with a, in a solar financer. So maybe, uh, do you have anything you want to jump off with and start us off with, or should I just dive in with my questions? Oh, dive on in. I'm, I'm ready to play. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that solar installers usually mention when they talk about solar financing is, is dealer fees. You know, mm -hmm. everybody hates them. Can you explain to, to, the, to me, <laughs> the audience, what, <laughs> what these are, why they exist, and, and what impact they have on homeowners? Absolutely. It's a really important question to cover. Mm. Um, I'm glad we're starting here. Uh, cool. So the first thing to understand about dealer fees, actually stepping back, I think we're going to have to uh -huh. kind of go through a few basic building blocks of how solar finance works so that dealer fees can make sense okay, and be great. understood. So as a foundation, the first thing to understand about solar lending is that solar lenders are usually not lending their own money. They are lending capital providers money. That mm. could be credit unions, that could be uh, investment funds, that could be big banks, but they're lending other people's money. Okay. And um, the next thing to understand about solar loans and solar lending is that um, capital providers, whether they're making loans for solar, for homes, for cars, capital providers will generally want to set up reserve funds, assuming that a certain percentage of borrowers are going to pay late or not pay at all. So they don't just have to make sure that there's enough margin to be able to make a reasonable return on investment for their loans. They also have to assume that X percentage of borrowers are not going to be paying. And the issue with solar lending, unlike with mortgages and car loans, is that there isn't historical performance data for these loans. If you look at other types of loans, these loans have existed for decades. So there's reliable data that lenders and capital providers can use to say, this is how large the reserve funds need to be. This is how much we need to set aside to make sure that our investors can still make some return on their investment. Mm. And so um, right now it's hard to, or it's expensive to borrow for solar because it's a big unknown. And mm. there, if there's one thing <laughs> finance folks don't like is big giant unknowns most right. of the time. Mm -hmm. So the cost of raising capital for solar um, is higher than it is for a lot of other types of loans that are secured the way a home loan or a car loan is. But at the end of the day, um, a dealer fee exists to make sure that um, there are appealing um, APRs or interest rates for homeowners in line with what consumers expect for other types of financing, while still at the end of the day, making the capital providers enough money to cover those reserve funds and to cover their, uh, their, their margins for lending, costs for lending. So a dealer fee is a lump sum of money that you pay up front to be able to offer homeowners a appealing low APR that really gets them to a low monthly payment. Mm. Now, a few other things to understand about dealer fees is that generally the longer the loan term, the more expensive the total cost of capital is going to be, the total cost of financing is going to be. That's because the longer the loan goes on, the more likely it is that the homeowner is going to run into an issue in their life 
that affects their ability to pay on time. That's why mm-hmm. a 30-year mortgage is more expensive than, say, a 10-year mortgage. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing in solar. A 20-year loan is more expensive than, say, a five-year solar loan. Mm-hmm. If you look at the total cost of capital, if you add up the dealer fee and then all the monthly payments um, based on the APR, including interest. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the solar lenders have calculated their APRs and dealer fees for any given loan term so that they add up to be the same amount of money at the end so that they can meet those capital provider needs and they can meet their own needs. But what's nice about dealer fees, and I know this is like right. Wait a <laughs> anthema to what everyone thinks about dealer fees. You hear right. dealer fees when you work as, at a solar installer or on the equipment side and you're just like, oh. Yeah. Um, but what's nice about a dealer fee for a homeowner is that it moves more of the cost of financing into something that is an ITC eligible expense. So that means that the federal government is helping pay for the cost of financing for a homeowner. Whereas if you have a product that has no dealer fee or a low dealer fee, but a high interest rate, the homeowner is the one shouldering all the burden of that um, unknown like default rate and the mystery of, what, of how solar loans will perform over time. Um, because solar loans have only been around at this level of popularity for the last five to seven years. So Mm. nobody can tell you how well a 20-year solar loan performs over time and in different economic conditions. Um, It's going to be decades before there's reliable data that lenders can use to be the foundation of what a a reasonable price for capital is for solar loans. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Is there there anything else that, that folks should know about the dealer fees before I move on to my next question? Yeah, I'd say one other thing is that most solar lenders, as opposed to credit unions, will blend the cost of capital for everyone within their approval window. So a solar lender, most solar lenders will have one price with one APR and one dealer fee for someone regardless of whether they are an 800 credit score or whether they're a 650 credit score. Hmm. They blend the cost of Uh, financing so that your solar sales team can go in knowing that they have a good loan um, to offer the homeowner. It creates predictability for your sales team. It creates predictability and cost for you as opposed to, say, risk-based pricing. Whereas with a risk-based pricing model where where you end up charging the homeowners who are, say, have a slightly lower uh, credit score more. Um, sometimes what happens is you go and you run credit, you find out they're, they get a really high APR um, product, um, you know, the homeowner's balk. <laughs> so, right. um, or bulk. <laughs> bulk, so, I think is right. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> so the, um, so it, it gives predictability to your sales team so they can walk in the door knowing that they have a good product to sell and they know how to price their jobs. The other thing, obviously, is that solar lenders have some amount of cost to cover for their own, you know, software services, customer service, et cetera. But it's actually a much smaller cost than people assume when they look at dealer fees. Um, Most of the cost of dealer fees are are going straight back to those capital providers. Another thing I'll mention is that there's generally a very um, strong relationship between the total cost of of financing and obviously the dealer fees as a result and Mm -hmm. what the approval window is for a given lender. And generally what you see is that the higher the approval rates, the more expensive the financing is. That's because it costs the lender more to be able to um, fund loans to people who are considered less credit worthy. They're higher risk, so you have to set up a larger reserve fund assuming lower rates of uh, repayment. And it's, it can be nice for an installer to be able to sell a high dealer fee product that has a huge approval window because what that means is they get better close ratios because there are more people they are not turning away because of a credit decline. So it's a matter of finding that sweet spot between what a dealer fee is you can live with 
and what uh, approval rate is that allows your sales team to close enough jobs to lower your customer acquisition costs. Um, sticking on the uh, the dealer fees, you know, one other thing that comes up often when you talk about solar financing is that dealer fees are supposed to be invisible to, to homeowners. Why do solar financiers tell installers not to talk about these dealer fees? It's because of their interpretation of consumer finance regulations. It's not something that they actually like or want, mm-hmm. um, but there are consumer finance regulations that say that businesses are allowed to charge each other financing fees, but aren't allowed to charge financing fees to homeowners. Hmm. Um, and so that's why when you say go to Walmart or Target or any like mainstream chain, they don't charge you a separate fee for when you use a credit card versus when you pay cash. What they do is they say, you know, X percentage of our customers pay credit card and X percentage of our customers pay cash. I'm going to levelize out what that cost is to my business and include it, you know, in my cost of doing business and right. factor that into my pricing. So that's why when you go into a, a, a chain that probably has lawyers reading the same uh, financial regulations and interpreting this, them the same way <laughs> as, right. uh, as the solar financiers are, lawyers are interpreting them, um, the result is the same. You're being charged the same regardless of how you finance the job. It's, you know, you could debate uh, what we need to do with those laws, but it, it's, the, it's the waters we're swimming in. And I think there are, you know, three different government agencies that regulate consumer finance and everyone's just trying to keep above board. Okay, so I want to pivot uh, a bit from talking about dealer fees and talk about, you know, what should a solar contractor uh, look for when talking to solar financiers? What are the conversations they should be having? What are the questions um, they should be asking? What what do they need to know about? The first thing I'd look at is strong and reliable access to capital. You want to look for a solar financier who has either strong ties to multiple credit unions or strong ties to um, traditional lenders. Um, but you want someone who's well capitalized. We've all, those of us who have been in the industry a while have seen solar lenders come and go, sometimes because they, they uh, ran out of money themselves and sometimes because they decided to exit the market. But one of the biggest indicators of health long-term is strong access to capital. Okay. Um, you don't want them, you don't want to just show up to work one day and realize that they have them tell you that they ran out of money and you don't have a, your sales team doesn't have a financial product to sell <laughs> when they go into their home appointments that day. Right. Well, how, well, um, how do they know that? How did they do that research? You'd have to talk to them. Um, okay. Any solar lender you work with should be willing to talk to you about how, uh, their access to capital. Got it. Um, so there's a certain expectation of transparency from these solar financiers. Absolutely. Okay. The next thing I would talk about or ask them about is what loan terms do they have? Do they, and ask, find out if that's something that you think would resonate in your market. I've noticed that different solar markets tend to like shorter or longer term loans. Certain sales team to be, seems to be more successful with shorter or longer term loans. Mm -hmm. Um, Different lenders have different uh, duration loan terms that come with different pricing. So make sure they have a loan term that your team is comfortable selling with. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, that, if your team should usually do teams know what works for them or, or what kind of research can they do to figure that out? Um, they may, most likely solar, their solar sales team are maybe getting competing quotes from competitors in the space. Um, people who have some experience with lending, um, if they have certain loan products, people, 
sometimes consumers will say, could we get something a little bit shorter or a little bit longer? Mm -hmm. People who really want the lowest monthly payment to like aggressively compete with the utility bill, sometimes really like those long loan terms, like a 20 or a 25 year loan term. Mm -hmm. Um, But in other markets, people are really interested in like a seven or a 12 year loan term. Um, But your sales team may have a strong opinion and you may want to talk to your sales team before committing to something, but make sure you, they have a loan term that you like. Mm-hmm. And then take a look at what the dealer fee and APR combos are, what they are for the different loan terms that you're going to go to market with. If you want to set, like I said, if you want to sell on low monthly payments, having the longer loan term gets you to the lowest monthly payment. Um, but if you want to look at the lower total cost of financing for the homeowner, then it's worth considering, say, a 7, 10, or 12-year loan. Um, Great. So do a little I, bit of research about what will work for you and yeah, your sales and would, team. Exactly. And yeah. the nice thing is that a lot of solar financiers have different options available, so you can always pivot as a sales strategy. So if you try one thing and it doesn't work with your team, you can try another. So trying to keep flexible is important. It's, for sure. And a lot of solar lenders have a good range of options for you to choose from. You can also talk to your solar lender. Um, They should have a regional sales rep who might have some intel for you around what works well in your market. Or you could do the opposite. You know, you could find out what is most popular in your market and do something different if you want to differentiate. Mm -hmm. It really, um, there isn't one right way to (laughs) leverage uh, solar finance. Uh, People are being wildly successful with radically different approaches to using solar finance across the country in terms of higher interest rate or lower interest rate based on the market and their sales teams. So don't be Um, scared to try things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's a great takeaway in life in general, despite all the scary things in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be scared to try. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing I would look at is also what are their approval rates? So we had talked about that a little bit earlier when Mm -hmm. we were... um, is one of the ways that things that account for dealer fee um, is the approval rates. So do they approve, you know, some solar lenders may, you know, like certain credit unions may only lend down to say 720 or might lend down to 700. The lower you can go, the more deals you can close. Mm-hmm. Because um, while I'm sure your marketing team is working hard to send you, you know, qualified leads of, of people who would b- both qualify for financing, you know, the truth of the matter is everyone's going to get leads for people who um, are considered less credit worthy by banks or have lower credit scores or maybe sure. more debt. The more people that a lender can ap- approve, the more deals you can close, which lowers your cost of customer acquisition because the better your close ratio the lower your cost of customer acquisition. Yeah. So part of it is figuring out what, who your target customer is and then trying to find the loan that fits right for them. Yeah. Because yeah. as we had talked about earlier, generally the, the loans that go down super low, like to hire pe- to folks who banks would consider higher risk borrowers, those loans can get more expensive. So it's finding that sweet spot between approval rates and, and the price of the financing. Right. Right. Great. Um, What else should um, solar contractors know about working with with solar financiers? I would also ask, try and find out how easy it is for the homeowners to apply and how easy it is for the ops team to be able to get the installer paid. Mm. Um, This is one of the ways that 
different solar lenders uh, really vary in terms of both homeowner experience and installer experience. Some lenders require a lot more paperwork or steps from borrowers, and some require a lot more steps or paperwork from installers. The more they simplify the application process for the homeowner, the more deals you're going to close. And the more they simplify the process for your ops team, the less staff time you're going to waste on not waste, spend mm-hmm. on <laughs> getting paid for the work that you already did. Sure. <laughs> the other thing I would look at is, do they have soft credit checks? A lot of homeowners um, really like having a soft credit check when applying because that way, if they end up getting a no, it doesn't, you know, someone who gets declined, their credit doesn't get worse for checking. Mm-hmm. So the it's usually easier for your sales team to get someone to at least try checking their credit um, if there's a soft check. That's a good note. Yeah. Um, so let's, um, let's try to move along and wrap up um, our podcast today. But, you know, during a recession, sometimes people get nervous that a solar financier would either go under or exit the market. You know, we talked about that before uh, and leave that solar contractor hanging. What are some signs that solar contractors can see that might indicate trouble? So I'd look at unusual delays and disbursements. Um, granted, if, if your team didn't submit a a paper, you know, some paperwork that was required for disbursement. I wouldn't be worried about that. Right. Um, if the homeowner has to sign something and the homeowner's not signing, I wouldn't be worried about that. But if you're seeing a pattern of unusual d- delays in disbursement, that could be an early warning sign. Mm-hmm. I would also look for signs like a decline in the responsiveness rate, whether it's, you know, harder to contact customer service, whether it's harder to reach your account manager. But decline in responsiveness can definitely be a bad sign. But I mean, getting into this time of the year, everyone in the industry gets a little bit less responsive because we're all so right. busy. So don't uh, don't go chicken little here, okay? Yeah. But um, that can be a sign. I would also uh, keep your ears open in the industry for news that financiers have stopped onboarding new partners. That could be a sign that they're getting close to running out of capital and they're trying to protect their ability to secure capital for the partners they have on board. Mm-hmm. Um, most um, thriving solar financiers are aggressively looking for more business. And then I, you know, this again is not a hundred percent sign either, sure. but you also might want to check for high levels of turnover at the company because that can be a sign of upheaval at the organization, which could be a red flag or it could just be a sign that the company's growing. But if you saw a lot of those things happening at once, then you might want to start asking some questions from the people that you're working with. Great. You also could take the tactic of trying to address access to capital. Is there a way to kind of sniff out whether their access to capital is drying up? So you could say something along the lines of, you know, you could look at a, a, a report to get a sense of how much volume they're doing. You could say, you know, we know that last year you funded X number of loans for us or X dollars in loans for us or X dollars in loans to your customers nationwide is the same amount of funding set aside for us or set aside for the channel this year. Because right. um, I, I would be cons- you know, concerned if the, that was declining. What you want to get a sense for is, are they anticipating restrictions in access to capital? Great. Those are some good suggestions or things to watch out for. Um, um, that and- being said, oh, uh-huh. sorry, one other yeah. thing to add. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would say um, I've been hearing a lot of signs that the solar lenders who are still here, we, I mean, we did see some people exit the space early on in COVID, but the people who are still here have taken steps, whether it was in raising their floor with, um, for borrowers or whether it was tightening up, their, tightening up who they're working with um, in terms of um, putting ri- additional risk controls in place over the installers they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
people who are still in the space seem to have been taking steps to make sure that they're insulating themselves, both in terms of access to capital and um, in terms of just conservative measures to make sure that they can survive a recession. So I would, you know, we've already gotten this far into the recession. Here's hoping (laughs) that we can um, make it another, we can make it all the way out of here without any major upheaval. I want to try to wrap up because I know you have a two o'clock, but you mentioned, you know, this is getting to be a busy time of year uh, for solar contractors. And I think um, often there's a lot of hesitation around adding another program or, or another layer of complexity to business operations right now. So that might turn folks off of trying to adopt a solar financing program right now. Um, but you've tried to you've tried to address uh, many of those concerns with your new uh, sunlight um, partnership and, and your split pay program. Can you talk a bit about what uh, Baywa is offering and, and tell us about the split pay program and try and how you're trying to alleviate some of those uh, pain points that solar contractors are feeling, especially uh, at this time of the year? This time of the year, we often see uh, solar installers running up against their credit limit and getting really tight on cash because everyone is rushing to install right. yep. before the end of the year. They want to Exciting. secure that ITC for the homeowner and they want to hit their numbers. And this year it's only even more extreme because people are trying to make up for lost time due to COVID closures. Mm-hmm. Um, so installers tend to get really cash and credit crunched this time of the year. Right. And the split pay program is a simple, easy, flexible program that allows you to get more out of the credit line you have and um, allows you to kind of focus on what matters most instead of spending so much time on the administrative side of your life Mm -hmm. or any business. Um, It's a simple program where we partner with Sunlight Financial. They pay us for the equipment and you have one less bill to pay and you get better utilization of your credit. Mm -hmm. Um, It should be a breath of fresh air for people who are feeling tight right now with Mm -hmm. the year-end crunch as they're rushing to get equipment and install more goods. I think about the benefit of this program as being similar to the reason that I like having direct deposit on my paycheck and auto pay set up on most of my bills. Mm. It takes my mind off of the paper cuts of life so I can focus on what matters to me. It's there to make life easier. Um, And our program is simple and flexible. It's not going to lock you in. It's not an all or nothing, my way or the highway kind of program. It's um, here to be a convenience that adds value to your business and not a stranglehold that makes you trip over your own feet when the slightest uh, either supply chain flub happens or the human error happens Mm -hmm. the way um, other uh, split pay programs in the industry work. Awesome. Yeah, it's a it's an exciting program. Um, what can you tell? You have a webinar, I believe, coming up September 17th. Is that right? If folks want to learn more about the program? At yeah. uh, 11 o'clock Pacific, mm-hmm. um, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking more about the split pay program. And we'd love to have you join us. Great. And uh, if folks want to learn more, they can go to solar-distribution.com and click on our financing tab at the, at the top menu, and they can learn more about split pay and reach out to Rachel, her email's there, and you're available pretty much any time to talk, right, if, if folks have questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And our account managers are there, our sales reps are here, I'm here, we're all here to support your success. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today, Rachel. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's been informative uh, and a pleasure as always. Thank you for your time. It's a delight talking with you.